Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. In this episode, we interview Kyle and Brent Peace. Kyle and Brent are the ultimate no excuses brothers. Kyle was born with cerebral palsy, but that hasn't stopped him and his brother Brent from becoming Ironman triathletes and defying the limits of determination. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. This is Meredith Atwood here, and I am here with two very handsome and awesome young gentlemen, <laughs> the Peace Brothers. They're laughing at me. Um, you guys, I'm just in awe of these two. And I was talking to Kyle when I came in about St. Anthony's, which I'm doing in a few weeks. And that was the first time I ever saw you guys. It was in 2011 at my first triathlon in St. Anthony's. And so I'm going back there. And um, it's just really cool to be here with these, these guys. Um, they're a huge inspiration. And we're going to dig into who they are and what they do and their fabulous foundation and more. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So... Who are you and why do we care? Um, <laughs> well, you, you mentioned that we were handsome and I, I appreciate the compliment. You are very handsome. I, I've always told Kyle he had a great face for radio. So. Me too. <laughs> That's why we this. <laughs> um, so uh, Kyle and Brent Pease, uh, brothers, and uh, born and raised here in Atlanta. Um, I think we always mentioned that we were, we were lifelong and, and are lifelong sports fans, uh, following everything Atlanta sports. And, um, that obviously morphed over the years and somehow turned into uh, endurance sports. So what was the, what was the favorite sport growing up? Uh, probably baseball. Yes. Mm-hmm. Baseball. Baseball oh, was Were we it. Braves fans back in the oh, Dale big, Murphy day? Yeah. Or you guys are younger than me. No, we were Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. We used to stand in the backyard and say, Dale Murphy. Back yeah. when we, like, you were a real Braves fan. Before, Chief Nakahoma, like, before that was like. Right, before the Tomahawk Chop. Right. Yeah. The, all right. And then I went to Florida State. And so the best part about me going to Florida State, though, is I didn't have to learn anything new. I just kept doing the right. Tomahawk Chop. <laughs> so, which worked out well, since we had a clown college there and everything. Um, yeah, so ba- we were baseball fans first. Um, How old are you guys? 30, I'm 34. Okay, you are babies. I'm 32. <sighs> babies. But we started going to the Braves games in the okay. late 80s when they were terrible. Right. And we remember that. But like 1991, so changed. Kyle was uh, six years old. So Kyle was six years old. I was eight. And actually, this is a great story. So this, this is where it'll start. So 1991, Kyle was doing a summer camp. Um, for disabled kids, and they were all supposed to get a chance to go to the Braves game, walk on the field, meet the players, and they canceled on them. The Braves canceled on Kyle's camp. So my mom, um, who was always our number one advocate, called and let the Braves know what they did what moms do and said this isn't right. And so on the last game of the season, uh, Kyle and I, along with our brother Evan, we got to go to the Braves game. We went on the field before the game. We got autographs. We hung out. We chatted with the players, and then we got to go sit behind home plate. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. the Braves clinched their first of 14 straight division titles that day. Oh, and like it. three little boys, like with their mom doing the tomahawk chop, you know, going crazy in that state. I mean, I remember that day. Yeah. That's you know, so, so cool. that was like, you know, we had a couple of years of bad stuff. I mean, we, we were devastated that they would even think to trade Dale Murphy away. You um, my husband. Yeah, well, that was a hard day for us. But it was, it was, it, that's. That is such a good way to kind of introduce who we are because that was it. Everything always, 
ended with sports somehow for us. And yeah. I remember sitting up late and watching games. We got to stay up past bedtime to watch the Braves. I remember taking my radio under the covers instead of reading a book. I'd sit on the covers with the radio tucked against my ear listening to Skip Carey. Yeah, that's so true. I was not allowed to stay up to watch game or to watch any other TV, but I was always allowed to stay up to watch the Braves. And now I'm still a huge Braves fan, but my number one team now is the Falcons. The Falcons. So okay. I, I, um, I stalk all of them on my social media. So I'm a big Falcons fan. Well, at least so. you're keeping it to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Now, were y'all born and raised mm-hmm. here? Okay. Right down the street. I mean, right down the street. Right in town. We, we've always lived in town. Okay. Um, and I think the biggest move we did was we just went across the bridge at Montgomery Ferry to get to the other side of Sherwood Forest. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, for those of you, this is obviously an audio program. So, let's talk a little bit about, you already mentioned disabled children. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about life growing up and the disability. Let's talk about that. If you want to. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so, um, I was born full time. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a twin brother, and my twin is two minutes older than I am. First and last race he's ever lost. Dang. Yeah. Just, yeah. And, uh... They don't hold that over your head at all, do they? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... And so I did develop like my brother did or most most people um now. So um my parents took me to the doctor and they um discovered that I had cerebral palsy. Okay. And from there they just never really took no for an answer. Um, they always... You said they took never took no for an answer. Never took no for an answer. You were just one of the mix. Because one, one of the guys. Because there there's three, all right? No sisters? Yeah, no sisters. Oh, if you would have had a sister, you might have been treated nicer. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was, it, was, it was fun growing up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There, there are some... There are some bigger obstacles than I faced. Um... Than most people do, but sure. we all have an obstacle. Yeah. Um, we all have our unique challenges that we have to face, but mine are more the physical side. Right. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Sometimes, you said you wouldn't change it for the world? Right. Sometimes I do wish it was, was better for me on the physical side, but it is what it is, and right. I make the most out every day. Yeah. So when you were kids, what did, well, tell the story about so, it. No, it's, but I don't know what I can't, I mean, you know, you've probably seen it in your kids or the way your children interact with each other. And I'm just, I'm just now learning it with one kid. Right. But, you know, there was an instant connection for me with Kyle and I, and I just wanted to take care of him and I wanted to protect him. And, you know, I knew something was wrong. I mean, I remember early on, and maybe that's not the right way to say it, but I knew there was something different about Kyle. Um, but I didn't want that to you know, change anything. And that's how my parents were. I mean, if we were going to go to the Braves game, we were all going to go together. If we were going to go up Stone Mountain, we were all going to go up together. And that was the way we were raised. And so we also grew up, again, we keep talking about sports. We grew up on Sports Center, not cartoons. So we would wake up on Saturday morning and we'd start watching Sports Center at seven or eight in the morning and we'd watch it till we had the lines memorized. And we'd be sitting there doing the one-liners together, all three of us. Mm -hmm. 
Usually, of course, being kids, we'd wake up super early, and so you my know mom what that's or dad, like, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so my mom or dad would carry Kyle down and um, sit him with us downstairs, and then go do whatever they needed to do, or hopefully get some more sleep. And um, one morning, I was probably five years old. Um, I went into Kyle's room uh, and I picked him up. And in that house that we grew up in, we had 28 stairs. I remember the number of stairs. It was three stairs and a landing, and then the That's next 25. That's a lot of stairs. We only have 16. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 20. Well, maybe yeah. it was 25, and now like it's 28. Like little trap. Uh, I don't know. It was 20. Maybe you went to the upper teeth. But no, it was 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I came. I took Kyle down the first three stairs, and then we sat on the landing, and we kind of like giggled and laughed, and then I took him down like three or four right, more. Right, because you weren't supposed to be doing this. I was not supposed to be doing this, right. and you know. I slowly got him downstairs, and then my mom said, you know, as she tells the story, she woke up and didn't hear anything and kind of had a panic and went into Kyle's room, and he wasn't there. And then she heard us downstairs and came down and asked, and kind of, I matter if she said, well, how'd you get him down here? And matter-of-factly, I said, I carried him. And so, you know, that's that's kind of been the mentality, though. Yeah. Um, and it didn't seem weird or odd. Like, that was just what you did. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's always been like that. I mean, there's we have videos... In fact, I'll send you a video you can certainly share in the show notes. Um, but there's an old video we're playing, like it's Kadima paddles, I think, and we're playing baseball in the house. What are Kadima paddles? You're you're old enough. You should know this. I this don't is know this. this is like the wooden paddles with the tiny ball you play on oh, the beach. Oh, that's no, called what no. my mom used to spank me with. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was because I saw the video the other day. I think it was uh, right. The Nerf. The Nerf style. Nerf. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. a softer. It was okay. It was going to yeah, break. Yeah, it was different okay. They would never yeah, have yeah. that yeah. now. No, no. <laughs> but we were playing baseball in the house, and in the video, you see me help Kyle hit the ball, yeah. and then I pick him up, and we exit camera as we run to first base. Mm-hmm. And we did stuff like that all the time growing up. We had this big backyard, and we would play with Kyle. Um, sometimes we would just make him the umpire, and we'd stick him behind home plate. Yeah, I got tired of that. Yeah, like, I, I am tired of watching. Because <laughs> I would make bad calls, and then they would get upset, and then I would come inside with, like, mosquito bites all over me, and then oh. we'd get... It wasn't meant to be. Yeah, <laughs> George is not the correct no, place right. to, like, be standing without... But people don't... With apologies to all your umpire listeners, people don't grow up and go, I want to be an umpire. You know, and all my umpire listeners. <laughs> well, there, there's probably at least one, right? We'll see. We'll see now. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that was what we—that was what we did, so he was included. Right. But then we started figuring out other ways of, you know, we played football in the in the street. You know, so Kyle would be a receiver, and I'd play quarterback. And so, what know. was the apparatus like then? I mean, you've obviously got a Cadillac now. Like, what yes. was what was it like when you guys uh, were little? <laughs> It was more of a pinto. Yeah. A pinto. It was That's more of a hoopty. A hoopty. Yeah. Um, but Did you guys ever like put hoopty stuff on your chair? Mm-mm. No. You never got like a boombox on the back or no. anything for Halloween or anything? Uh, uh, no. But That's We tried to get one of those. How's my... You might have to edit this. How's my... How's my driving? Call one eight hundred. Eat shit. <laughs> yeah. You might... You would definitely have That's to okay. edit that. We didn't hear it. Okay. The um, fact that I'm not an explicit podcast is a little silly at this point. I probably need to convert that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was always a great team. Uh, you were on his team? Yeah. Okay. So we played um, the turkey bowl every year, and it was always me and Brett versus Evan, my twin, and my dad. Okay. And, uh, like, we were, like, 
do all play stuff everywhere. And we had playbooks and everything. Yeah, and we had we had like a locker room in my room, and like a locker room. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll never, I never. That's where we went for halftime yeah. for the speech. Oh, that's fun. I'm not doing the speech. We took turns. Yeah, oh, that's fun. I never forget. We made a mom drive us around. Drive us around. Like three times. <laughs> you gotta repeat that. Y'all are my no, right. We we had her drive us around the block. So before we went, these, this is our turkey bowl. We played every Thanksgiving, yeah. and Kyle, it was Kyle and I versus my dad and Evan, Kyle's twin. And we had our mom drive us around the block so we could make an entrance on the team car. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So now, like as we tell these stories, now you go look at pictures of us, and like you oh know, at St. Anthony's, Kyle wasn't dressed like that, but now we're both wearing Oakleys, and we got right. our all our branded stuff, and our kits match, and we both wear the Newton running shoes. And now you really need her to drop you off. Now right? we really need her to drop us off, right? Now we need a team yeah. car. That's the music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Kyle's old. You know, Kyle was in a pushchair till he was seven or eight years old. Okay. He was in a stroller till probably three or four, you know, longer than most kids. And, and then, you're a boy, so you yeah. just had the most fun ever with mm-hmm. something to wheel someone around. Oh, yeah. Uh, one time, we were at the doctor's office, and I was actually just trying to be helpful. Yeah, I, I went there this way. Oh, okay. Well, I spilled the, I spilled the stroller. Uh, I went the wrong direction. But uh, thankfully, Kyle was strapped in, and the handlebars saved him from... Yeah. But anyways, then, you know, his first chair that he got was like 15 pieces. You had to take the motor off. You had to take the footrests off. You had to t- it was like a portable motor. And Is we that would, like the status of chairs then? Uh, Is that where they were? Yeah. yeah. And, and for Kyle's size and um, that chair we would take apart and Kyle would just sit in a, ch- in a seat in the car uh, or a car seat like anybody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember mom or dad sitting you were ever down and could say Kyle was... But I guess felt like you guys get took a draw and you found out that I was physically different, but I don't remember mom or dad um, sitting down and say, this is what Kyle needs. Mm-hmm. There was no family meeting to discuss it. Y'all just no, we just did forward. it. Yeah, yeah, we just plowed forward. And so, you know, then Kyle played sports all his life. And, um, you know, one of the things we say a lot is that those sports growing up while they were a great outlet for Colin it was a great opportunity it was always wheelchair soccer or wheelchair baseball it was never just baseball and um, it wasn't we didn't know what we were looking for and we didn't realize that while that was a great outlet for Kyle it wasn't because Kyle's the most competitive person he might not say that but he's absolutely the most competitive of the three of us and now we've learned he's actually the toughest athlete of the three of us right Um, and so you know when when I started getting in shape and Kyle saw what I was doing, then that became the aha of like, this is it. Like, that's what we've been missing. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah. What age was this? Like, So you did wheelchair soccer and basketball mm-hmm. and then... All the way through high school. And Kyle you were like, that okay, stuff. that's cool, but you mm-hmm. wanted more. And what age was that? Yeah, so the wheelchair stuff, it, it um, actually stopped when I graduated from high school because it was... A part of the city schools. Okay, so it was program. part of the high school. Yeah, okay. there was other stuff too. I mean, I'll tell you one of my other favorite stories is when Kyle was playing wheelchair baseball. Uh, my mom and a friend of hers helped bring it to um, Frankie Allen Buckhead Baseball, where we played baseball growing up, mm-hmm. and they helped set up the Miracle League. It's called something else now, but anyways, no, it was called Challenger. It was called Challenger League. Now it's called Miracle. Um, 
so so the very first game, Kyle was the leadoff batter, and he hit with his partner. They hit a grounder to short, and the shortstop they picked up and they threw it to first, and so Kyle was out. But the league was set up as a let's everybody run the bases, let's all experience the game of baseball, and mm-hmm. it's just a fun atmosphere. Okay. And so Kyle got thrown out, and on his way, he just peeled off in his wheelchair and went to the dugout, and the umpire kind of shouted and said, "Come back out! You get to run the bases." And Kyle shook his head and said, "It's not how you play baseball." And you know, we say that. To this day, Kyle's the only kid that ever got thrown out in the Challenger League. <laughs> but that was like, but that's it. Like, it was right. a great experience. It was a good atmosphere. And it was great to be able to allow disabled kids to participate in baseball or basketball or whatever we were doing that weekend. But, and like I said, we didn't know it then because Kyle was having fun. We had fun going out there. Right. Um, every now and again, they'd be missing a few kids for wheelchair soccer, and Evan and I would get in a wheelchair and play with Kyle. And that was fun too, mm-hmm. to play on his field, on his terms. But, you know, after college for both of us, you know, when I was, I found myself out of shape. I just... What was that like? It was... Uh, I don't know what being out of shape was. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, I, you know, wings and beer were a staple. Right. And um, so... I, you know, I needed to get myself back in shape and uh, started running. I lost probably 30 pounds and... And then said running's kind of boring, and I I was a swimmer growing up, so mm-hmm. I did what anybody would do, I think, right? Just buy a bike and start swimming again. Right. Um, so natural. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, I, you know, so I, as I got into the triathlons, Kyle kind of started seeing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. and um, So you were like 22, 23? Uh, like 24, 25. Okay. So Kyle had just graduated. Okay. Yeah, I... I knew I knew what you were doing, but I didn't know what it all entailed. What it entailed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'll get never forget. Um, Brett's wife and my mom and dad were going to his race in Augusta, and I would get happy because they were getting out of the house, and I was gonna have the house to myself. <laughs> So I was graduating. I like, you know, I didn't actually did an Olympic first, then a sprint, but I was doing like the shorter stuff. And then I said, okay, that was fun. I want to try something maybe more challenging. Or, um, so I did a half Ironman in 2009. And you were just glad that they were all out of the house. So Kyle was living with my parents and he was, he got the house to himself. This is cool. So I did my half Ironman. Um, so your first one was Augusta. was Augusta. The first, the inaugural year of Augusta. I did it. So I did that in 2009. Um, and then, what was your time, by the way? We're gonna we're gonna beat it one day. <laughs> it was go. I think it was five fifty six or five fifty five. And I think. you guys, for those of you who don't know, these two are fast, by the way. <laughs> so like <laughs> seriously, like I I was reading something and I guess it was maybe the public's half marathon that you guys did. Pushing now how much was his chair? So Kyle's pushed his run chair is about 17, 18 pounds, and Kyle's about 110. Okay, so 130 pounds, mm-hmm. Brent here is pushing and did a 630-mile pace. Is that correct? A little bit slower, but that, well, let's, we'll go with 630. I, like I mean, that. can you... It was a 131, so the, about a I mean, 648, 652. I don't... I'm in awe. So, anyway, back to Augusto, where he did only a 5 <laughs> as his first. <laughs> well, but that was my like that was my time then, right? And... Um, I, then I signed up for Louisville the following year. Okay. Um, and then I started training really hard. So 2010. 2010, I was signed started. up for Louisville. And, of course, for the Ironman, after all that training, after the months and months of training and skipping out on things, family events or 
leaving dinner early and not having wings and beer with my brother for, you know, a basketball game or something at March Madness. And um, I invited the whole family. I said, come on up. And Kyle has some great stories about his experience. But, you know, what I remember is my whole family being there for my, for me. It was my yeah. thing that day. And it was still on record as one of the hottest, hardest Ironmans. I mean, it had one of the higher DNF rates. I remember that year because I was a baby, baby triathlete. I think okay. I had one. That was like the same time I did my first sprint. Okay. It was that same weekend. And I remember hearing about the temperatures. Um, for those 96 who, degrees, 98% humidity when I hit the run course. So for those of you listening, Ironman and Half Ironman. So an Ironman is like the big mother of triathlons. It's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and a 26.2 mile marathon. So the half marathon in Augusta that Brent was talking about is half of that, obviously, and then the full. But just to give you like some distance. So it's no joke. <laughs> How far? This they're is. all hard, right? Like they're all hard yes. for different reasons. Right. Um, for and for whatever reason, like I wanted to just try. I wanted the mentally more challenging stuff. That the longer the the longer the race, the harder it is on the mental side. Right. And you know, Kyle was asking me a lot of questions. I'll let him tell his side from his viewpoint. But he was asking me a lot of questions after the race. And you know, one of the things I told him is that. You know, the Ironman day was not unlike what his life was like. That it's, you know, it's a series of, and for everybody too, but I just tried to relate it to him, is that it's this series of ups and downs, ebbs and flows. You know, there's good and there's bad, and the bad feels terrible like it's never going to end, and the good, you're not paying attention to how good it is, and then it's over before you realize it. He and doesn't care. He just wants y'all out of the house. Right. <laughs> well, he <laughs> came to that one. He was there for that one. Yeah, no, I came to Louisville. Louisville was... Good for me at two levels. One, of course, I got to see what I do now. Right. Um, and how my guy loved this boy. Uh, but two, um, I became like an adult. An adult? Uh, that weekend. Um, you know, I put in my own hotel. Okay. And all that. And, you know, for your listeners, that might not be a big deal, but for me, that was a big deal because, you know, I had responsibilities of booking a hotel, getting my caregiver there with me, and mm-hmm. we just had a great time. So I really came out of my shell that weekend, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity now. Yeah, um, and even though it was really hot. <laughs> it was <laughs> really, a bad time It was really here. hot, it was, but... Um, we had a couple of beverages. Oh, okay. That helped get through the, <laughs> the day. cooling time. The cooling time, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's really interesting. With ice and a straw and an umbrella. Yeah. Right. The, the free. And, yeah. Uh, but that's really interesting. You say that was kind of the weekend you grew up. So that was, I mean, you saw like amazing inspiration and that yeah. kind of woke yeah. you up. And then you're like, I can do anything. Because I right. just. Did N- not only, but um, that was inspirational too. Um, but all the other athletes. You know, they were gutting it out, basically. They were giving it their all and driving and fighting that passion. And that, that's what really resonated with me. And was that um, what was sort of missing maybe in the other sports that you had participated yeah, in? That, like, yeah. just gutting it out factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, and it was a level playing field. There wasn't any... Right. Okay. Everybody yeah, so let's did talk it. Talk about that. That's everybody sweet. had to do it. Everybody had to do the exact like. Didn't matter if you finished that race in nine hours or seventeen hours. Everybody had to go through the same challenges that day. Right. And I think, and I don't think I know that that drew Kyle in. 
And so we're sitting there after the race and when I'm telling him, that, oh, it looked like your life and, you know, it was hard. And, you know, Kyle says, of course, I wasn't that descriptive. It was mostly yes and no answers. All I wanted was a, I didn't eat a hamburger the whole time I was training. So all I wanted was a hamburger and a Coke. And Kyle then, you know, kind of looked and said, well, can people in wheelchairs do Ironman? And I remember one of my mutual friends was there. He had this big personality and mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, you're going to do an Ironman. Oh, you you've, seen, you've seen Betty with her Vuvuzuela oh, at the races. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, those kind of friends are the worst friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the encouragers. Yeah, no. Betty's great. She's, uh, she's been a giant supporter. But yeah. she even said when I when Kyle said, well, can she's like, yeah, you know, Kyle says people in wheelchairs do it. I said, yes. Betty's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. And I said, yeah, I'll do like the swim and somebody. And she's like, no way. You're doing the whole thing. I was thinking like somebody like Betty would help me or some of these other folks that I had trained like a relay. with. Yeah, we'll just do that. That would be fun. She was like, no, you're doing it by yourself. Uh-huh. You and Kyle are going to do this thing. That's so cool. Um, and that was kind of where... And Kyle's mind started going, you could hear the wheels. Yeah. 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 And, and so we, you know, then we started seeking out... Um, uh, Spots. Well, people to help. And there's um, group Tri-Kids that I had volunteered with. They're one of their board you know, leaders, Dave DeShiel, this guy, you know, helped us find some equipment and people. That's how we found Curtis. Curtis was his bike mechanic and mm-hmm. Curtis built Freedom Concept Bikes. So we went and found him. And so, you know, this is the end of 2010. We're looking for equipment. We're trying to figure out how do we do this thing. Um, and we selected St. Anthony's. That was going to be our first race to see what a triathlon was really like. And that's great. That was I, your first race too. We're well, like first race together. Forever. Well, I want to hear about your experience that day. Did you do it with team and training, or did you no, do it just as a? I did it. Um, so my story was I did a sprint at the end of 2010. Okay. Um, fell on my bike in transition, like almost Perfect. died. You yeah. know, just but it was like the last triathlon season, so I signed up for St. Anthony's, and you know, 240 pounds, probably 230, and. Um, just in no shape. And so that was a big feat for me. Mm-hmm. That was my first real triathlon and I was petrified. And you need to like post a, you know, another before well, I know you do all the time, but I like know. that picture on the front of your book, like that, <laughs> that transformation and that, like, and that was the year. I think that was later in the season, but I, do you guys remember the, the water conditions oh, yeah. the day before we had to carry the boat all the way to the other side. That was a pain in the I mean, it was, so it was super wavy, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. But, yeah. you know, of course I did. And I was asking my husband last night, what was that bike course like? And what was the run? I can't remember a thing about it. I just remember the feeling. So the bike course had a ton of turns. And didn't it have, a, like, speed bumps? Because I feel like there mm-hmm. was carnage. Mm-hmm. There was bottles and people, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, yeah. when you have a trike, when you so our bike is three wheels. Yeah, let's talk, so let's talk equipment. So, yep. Um, so we swim. found, so we actually, the first thing we found was the jogger, which was really just an adult stroller meant to hold somebody up to 250 pounds. Okay. Um, so that was our first like running chair. Okay. And we actually went out as soon as we got it, Con, I signed up for a 10 K and Charles Harris here locally. We ran out and did the 10 K Kyle, uh, was working at Publix at the time and he showed up in his Publix uniform, dress shoes, slacks. And I'm like, what are you wearing? I didn't know what to wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, Today, I still don't know what to wear. Sometimes. You still don't know what to wear, but you yeah. don't wear your public. But we didn't know no. anything. We had pillows stuffed. You know, Kyle, if you look at him in his chair, he's got a place for his arms. He's got everything perfectly right. situated. And we didn't know how to do it in this giant stroller. So we had pillows stuffed behind his hips. We had a golf club head cover over his hand because his hand kept hitting the side, which was metal. And it wasn't comfortable for him. And, you know, the, the whole 
thing looking back now is hilarious. But we had so much fun but running that's that like 10K. Everyone's yeah, first we had I mean, the best back time. On my first races, I mean, I didn't have a golf club cover, but I might as well have. Yeah, you, you, you know, know, you probably had streamers on the bike. You know, and yeah. A little bell. Thing yeah, maybe. we still have a bell. But but that was like that was a fun day to be able to do that. And so um, then we actually went to REI with a old professor of Kyle that Kyle's John David that used to take him out on the water. In college, he used to take them out in canoes and kayaks. And mm-hmm. same thing as, like, us growing up. But Kyle's, like, continuing this. And, you know, he had all these people in college that would take him on ropes course. We got videos of Kyle getting dropped off a ropes course. Like, <laughs> the free fall at the end of the ropes course. You got to get no. down somehow. Yeah, Kyle would do all that. Yeah. Um, so he helped us find a boat. So we found this these advanced elements. They're inflatable kayaks. Mm-hmm. And they're actually an, they're an awesome company. Their boats are really cool. And the guy said, look, we were looking actually at the Hoyts. And what they use, which was this Boston Whaler, which is heavy. It's cumbersome. I don't know how anybody pulls that thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, we need something that's aerodynamic that can go in oceans and do things like that. So we bought that at REI. And then we met Curtis at Canon Cyclery. And he's telling us about these freedom concepts. And we're like, yeah, this is perfect. So shout out to Curtis at Canon Cyclery. That's you guys, right. if you're yeah. Atlanta area, Canon Cyclery, spelled exactly how it sounds. Curtis Henry is just... The best wrench in Atlanta is what I've heard him called, and he's also the nicest wrench in Atlanta. Everybody's got a guy. Curtis Everybody's is our guy. guy. He's our guy. Yeah. He's our guy. He's a good guy. He's amazing. Yeah. He is. We and, love you, Curtis. And he's very funny, too. He is yes. very funny. Yeah. He gives good hugs. He's a great hugger. He's a great <laughs> anyway. hugger. Okay. So, um, so he got us with the Freedom Concepts folks, and we got this bike. So it's a three-wheel bike. Um, it's almost six feet long. But the best part for us, and this is something we continue to harp on, is that Kyle sits in the front. And the bikes can actually be altered. Kyle, with his disability, can't actually turn his legs all the way around, so he can't pedal. But we can actually, they can make the bike so that if a disabled person has some ability to do that, you can make it a true tandem. Oh, that's okay. So, but we like Kyle sitting in front because he's the captain. He's in charge. I can talk to him the whole bike ride. Come on, how many social bike rides have we all been on where you're just chatting with somebody for hours? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to smell you. He doesn't have to smell me. He doesn't have to catch (laughs) anything flying from behind the bike. <laughs> but that's the fun part. I can feed it. Kyle eats too. If you're going to be out yeah, there that long, he's for sure. it's it's all relative. Kyle's putting a physical toll on his body too, just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. It's not easy just because he's not doing some of the physical things I'm doing. He sits in this wheelchair for 16 hours a day, so to throw his body through the rigors of a sprint triathlon, Olympic, or an Ironman, it doesn't matter. It it, it hurts too. I mean, bad roads have got to be like. The worst thing ever. That Ironman Florida when we I did was it. Say. That popcorn. They changed the course, but in 2014, Connor did Ironman Florida. And man, that, that's when I did it. Am I just following you around? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So what else are you doing uh, this year? <laughs> following yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. No, you I remember 2014. Yeah, it was cold and windy. Is Boulder still open? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it no, is. No, I don't <laughs> But yeah, so you know it's hard, and so but St. Anthony's was so much fun. Like yeah. we're having a great time, and they gave us a freaking police escort. I mean, there's all these pictures of us from the day with people everywhere, and then a guy on a motorcycle in front of us escorting us through the course. Here's you know. your red carpet. Did yeah. you hear your music? <laughs> uh, we we should have. Yeah, yeah. We should have. Um, but and then so you were hooked. Like, we after were hooked. That. We were hooked for sure. And we knew we were always going to get to an Ironman. Like that was the goal. That was the end game for okay. us was to do an Ironman. Um, or maybe that was the start game. But we needed to kind of figure out how to do all these things. So St. Anthony's made a lot of sense because it's a huge race. It's a very safe race. It's on a flatter course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just a good place to 
it's a great place to cut. There's a reason so many first-time triathletes go down there. Yep. St. Petersburg is beautiful. There's good food. Yep. And, oh, by the way, there's a race that same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was my thought. It's, it was a great It's story. a great race. Yeah. It's a great race. Okay, uh, so that was 2011. Yeah. Well, did you have your Ironman picked out in 2011? Like, did you... Well, we always thought it would be Louisville to start. Okay. We always kind of felt... Because that started it. And, like, you know, you, I say this now and you start thinking about it. It's like why would you go back to a race that was 96 degrees? <laughs> but it didn't matter. Like we didn't even, th- those thoughts weren't what entered our mind. What entered our mind was that we had this moment after the race of, can people in wheelchairs do, you know, right. triathlons. It's where it all started. It's where it all started. Yeah. We want to go back to where it started. Um, but we wanted to at least try a half first. And <laughs> I say this now, the bike we started with had eight gears. So St. Anthony's, oh we did a race God. with eight gears. So like top speed, even on a good day oh, out there, wow. was like 14 miles 14, an hour. Yeah. Okay. So I think we averaged about 12. So it took us almost two hours and change to do that 25-mile 20, yeah, 25 mile bike course. You probably still beat me <laughs> overall time. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We were like 340. We were like 340 or 50 that like day. 330, man. That's Yo, you not... got us. You definitely got us. Well, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might have gotten you on the swim, though. We might have gotten you on the swim. Probably. Um, that was, they cut the swim short. Though. They cut the swim short. Yeah. Kyle got uh, pooped on by a bird when they when they changed the swim awesome. course. But that's good luck, right? Is it? That's I don't know. I read it in a blog somewhere. It might have been my blog. <laughs> I get pooped on all the time. Oh, that yeah. would explain. That's so good much. luck, though. That's where your good fortune comes from. Uh, so we kind of looked for a half for the following year. We wanted to do something early in the year, trying to figure out gosh. how to build. Um, so we did Ironman New Orleans was what, uh, what was what we signed I up was for. there. 2012? I was supposed to race it. I broke my foot, but I was there. No way. I am okay. seriously following you. Yeah, you are. I'm this the is sister good. you didn't know you yeah, were. Yeah, we are married. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is um, kind of weird, though. So New Orleans, we still have eight gears on the bike. Oh my god, that was... it looks like a. It looked more like an ice cream truck in those days. With sincere apologies <laughs> to Curtis and Freedom Concepts. An ice but, cream truck. Well, my the bars are up in my if chest. If it looks and, like an ice cream truck, I would have like flagged down <laughs> and asked for an ice cream. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but there's great picture. I mean, the bar was like up high. And, oh my god. You know, my positioning was kind of weird. But like, you literally had a bike built. Mm-hmm. And how amazing is that, right? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, just. A, a con- now, how, who? We'd never been on a bike ride. All our lives, we'd never ridden bikes like that together. I mean, yeah. we pulled, we, I remember being on trips to Colorado, and we, you know, Kyle was like eight or nine years old, and we'd put him in one of the carts and pull him behind. Right. You know. So, and, what, Kyle, what did that feel like to you to be in the front? Was that like incredible freedom? Yeah. Or were you terrified, like both? both? Yeah. 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 Um, I've never been in a boat by myself either. Right. So it was St. Anthony that was scared to death because there was oceans and I was like, please don't make me, you know, tip over. Well, did you anything. guys get in the practice swim the day before with those? I did by days? myself. Okay. Because you would have been like, I'm out. We wanted to make sure he didn't see that. Oh, so you didn't see the, oh, y'all you didn't see the you waves are a good brother. We made, so we made sure My he husband didn't see wished that. he wouldn't have seen it because he... <laughs> He's like, what have you gotten me into? Because it was his he did first that. race. Oh, that's too. hilarious! And it was like one of his first open water swims, and he was cursing me. Well, at least when they moved it, you could have walked a good yeah. chunk of the swim if yeah. you needed to. So that um, was your first time in, in the boat by yourself, was the race? Yeah, I mean, we did a couple practice okay. rides up here. I was gonna say, um, I really don't want to scold you for not getting in the open water before race day. Yeah, <laughs> you advanced people. Yeah. 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 And when we did New Orleans that year, the, the water was crazy the day before, right. so we didn't get in then. That was and the then they, then they canceled the oh swim. Oh, my yeah, The run, bike run. And that bike, to this day, is one of the top five hardest. Top two. 
top two hardest. Oh yeah. Like above brutal like, wind. With eight gears on the bike, oh brutal God. wind. We were like, going like ten yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. So our bike leg that day was uh, yeah, it was four it, hours and forty five minutes. It felt oh, that's like a long time. That is a long time and a half to be on the bike, and you know, racing in the front, racing in the back. I have, I love, I love going back out at midnight. If Kyle and I finish at eleven, I still want to be there for the midnight finish at an Ironman because I want to go to bed. Well, you to but the, but the, the the inspiration in this sport doesn't happen. No. What what the beauty of this sport is that the inspiration doesn't happen at the beginning. It happens at the end, and that's where you see the real stories, the people that have fought through. Maybe it's like, maybe it is. Maybe it's the fittest person you've ever seen, and they wrecked their bike and they're bloody, but they mm-hmm. wanted to finish. Yeah. You know, or it's the you know the person that is just trying to lose an extra pound, yeah. and they're but they walk the marathon and they do it just. That's the point. Like mm-hmm. we all had to do that, and so. But it's hard to race that way, you know. It and is. I, I I know that feeling well. I mean, I, you know, I don't mean that in any it is it's bad hard. way, but it's. I mean, you've been there, and it's not an easy place to be mentally. It's, one of the best finishes I saw was at Army in Texas. I guess it was last year. And if you've been to Texas, they kind of have the finish line kind of snakes. Mm-hmm. So you can see the finishers coming for like several blocks. And, yeah. and there was like 45 seconds left on the clock. And there's this person, you know, 100 yards away. And Mike Riley hurdles the gates like and goes and gets this person and it's like run and so they i mean he made it through with a second despair wow but i mean you're just like the hair on your body yeah. standing up because you're like oh my gosh that's what you want to see yeah that's what you go that's for. you know what that's like it's not the underdog that's just the everyday yeah you just want to root for everybody to be great and Except so Kyle, we had, <laughs> he wants to go to bed but we hit bad. the run course at new orleans and it was empty you know, it was empty. Um, Sister Madonna had passed us on the bike. That's how slow we were going. Because your total race time at that point was 730. like... 730. When you started the run. Oh, oh, no, no, no. It was 440. Well, we had the two-mile run plus transition, so we were like... You still did under the... You still did We did make it under the cutoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we were like five hours, 15 race time at that point, 530. Um And I just remember, as you know, on that course, you, you, know, you go all the way out, come all the way back. And I remember once I hit that turnaround, it was just empty. We were by ourselves the whole way back. And that's just... And you're like, this is what Meredith feels like. <laughs> Poor Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gives you a different perspective for, you know, certain... And I wasn't by any stretch any fast yet at all. I mean, I was... Like, were you, Kyle, were you just done with it? Like, when y'all started running, yeah, like, I am done with this. I was done... I was done on the bike. Because I was crappy, God, because... At that time, the bike was it. We were still learning. Kyle was still learning. And nutrition for you was just as much a question mark as nutrition for you. So you're like managing nutrition for two people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was still learning. You know, Kyle was still learning how to be a triathlete, too. I was still learning. But, you know, that's the other great part of this is like you start, when people talk to Kyle, he starts talking about splits and nutrition and all these things that he thinks about. You're like, oh, he's a triathlete. Right. And that day was just a learning experience for somebody who had never done anything that long. And so it was a hard, it was a hard, it was a brutal day. And so of course, we, two worst. Kyle was wearing a jacket and I had told Kyle, you know, hey, there's no, in a race this long, you know, like doing something foolish, like leaving your jacket on when it's 90 degrees just to save two seconds is silly. So at like mile six, five or six, we take Kyle's jacket off. We didn't have any sunscreen. So we finished the race. He's got a big triangle burn on his chest where I unzipped his shirt for him. He's got burns all over his shoulders. And his face is like pink and 
just, I mean, talk about feeling like a terrible brother. Like, you know, I saved, <laughs> I've saved him from overheating in his jacket and then I, you know, provided him with some, you know. side of skin cancer. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that, but it didn't like, it didn't, I didn't come away from that going, well, we're done. That was it. And it was like, you we know, came away going, let's fix the, let's make the bike better. Yeah. That and was hugely necessary and apparent after that race, right? So necessary, yes. A for for better competition for us, but B for my comfort level because it was I was miserable on that bike course, and so we went back to the drawing board and um, we said, A, how could we be more competitive? But B, more importantly. How can we get Kyle comfortable for the mm-hmm. longer distance? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, because so we, an Ironman bike, mm-hmm. I mean, on a great day is what, five hours? For a, yeah. You yeah. Know, so five hours on a bike. We were, we were on, yeah, we were out there for an Ironman, basically, at that point. Um, we did go do one more half that year because we wanted to do something with a swim, and our bike time was actually about the same, but there was hills on that bike course, there was a little bit of headwind. Um, and it was a very small race, so they gave us four bike escorts, and these poor people had to pedal with us oh, for four God. hours and 45 minutes. And you're talking about anxiety. It was on a major highway, oh, and no. one of the bike, bike escorts was so sweet, but she taught the entire time. <laughs> and no, that was like, you know, they, they sacrificed their day for that. But it was like, that's that's a long time to be out there. But we got our second half and now it was like, I remember sitting like in a, like a meeting or whatever. And I, I finally snapped and it, it takes a lot for me to find the end of my fuse. And I said, I will not do an Ironman on that bike like that. We have got to figure out a better solution. And... So we, the bike then, like I know you're set up now, you're kind of like higher and uh-huh. like... It looks like a road setup now. Yeah. We have road gearing. We have a full range of gears now. You know, we so we lengthened the Curtis and the guys at Freedom, the engineers. They're all they're you know, the brilliant people. So they kind of said, okay, now we've now we know that we can this bike can go fifty six miles. How do we make it go one hundred and twelve? And how do we make it happen? Because mm-hmm. at four forty five, if I just double that, if I just was able to double that, I'm probably going to miss the bike cutoff. Right. And Not I'm, to mention that's awful. Yeah, and so one of the other things <laughs> Kyle loves about Ironman is that there's that you got to be out of the water in two hours and twenty minutes. You got to be off the bike by five thirty p.m. local, and you got till midnight to finish the whole thing. You like the time cutoff. We like I the do time too. cutoffs. I'm a fan, man. I'm yeah. a huge fan. Otherwise, it's just like not Ironman. Well, at, at that point, anybody could do it. Truly, anybody can take two thirty days. hours. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can cover that distance. Just that's what show me where to nap. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's still hard, right? Like. It's, I do. I firmly believe anybody can do an Ironman if you put your mind to yes. it and you put in the work. You can do it. Yes. Well, not all your Ironman, but anybody can do anything where they put their mind to it. Yeah. Anything, it's possible. So just go out there and do it. So just then do we. Do it. Yeah. Who said that? Who said just do it? Phil Knight, Kyle Pease. Kyle Pease. <laughs> yeah. Piece. yeah. Um, so we've started making all these changes to the bike. We added like places so like you can see Kyle's legs now you know some of the spasticity his legs are kind of pressing against each other well when you put a bike between that his pressing on metal so we added some padding you along said spasticity what does that so mean so Kyle is, has cerebral palsy with spastic quadriplegia so okay. his you know part of his disability creates or he has spasms or spasticity okay. 
Um, that's why we keep his left arm here. Okay. Um, and so we started looking at some of these things better. At this point, we had upgraded our run chair, so we had the sleek-looking race chair style, and we started making all these changes. We added an armrest to the run chair to tie his arm down just like this so he wasn't you know, flailing his arm or, or getting uncomfortable in the middle of the race. We, we started, now we're getting smart. Now we're running races and I'm calling out splits to Kyle and he's like, okay, let's get 10 seconds faster on the next mile. You know, he's learning yeah. that he can't just say go faster when there's not that to give yet. And now all of a sudden it's the script has been flipped that, you know, I'm the coach and I'm the main driver behind this. And now Kyle's telling me what to do. So Kyle's saying, I need this on my chair. I need this on my bike. Mm -hmm. Same thing when we all go into, when we go see Curtis and we go, Curtis, fix my saddle. Right. You know, I need a more comfortable setup. And we were doing all that. Yeah. And Kyle and I would train together. We went out and rode together. It wasn't like we just, Kyle didn't just show up on race day to wave the flag. No, that would have been very, uh, that would have been a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah. it would have been a long day. Yeah. So we were putting in all this time together. And so we made all these improvements. And so then, now it's 2013 and we're saying we want to do one. And so we reached out to Ironman and said, can we do Ironman Louisville? Uh, well, and they said, you know, that race isn't safe for you. Um, and the, that back stretch on 42, Which I can appreciate yeah, that that's, you know, listen, I still want to find a way to go back to Louisville with well, Kyle, they but cut out that crazy part of the bike, that's not even dangerous for us. What part is it's highway where 42 that, where that sharp turn is, is it how it's, it's no, know. it's so when you, so the circle, the P as I call it, cause you, it, it, when you look at the course, it looks like a P. So when you come off at the second time, you go down that long two lane highway for 42 miles. Okay. I believe it's actually highway 42 okay. as well, but that road is a two lane highway and it's open to traffic. So when you've got a three-wheel bike, it's not necessarily just us they're worried it's about, the but it's, it's exactly. So somebody comes to pass me, and now the entire lane of traffic's gone, and there's two cars. Yeah. So at least when you're on the shoulder, there's room, and they've got cops. But I mean, anyways, they said sense. it's not safe. You know, of course, you know we're already have designs on the Ironman World Championships, but we say, well, you know what? What about Florida? And at the time, Florida wasn't. They weren't sure how we could manage a two-loop swim with a boat and 2,700 other people. So they said, what about Ironman Wisconsin? And we said, we'll do it. Let's go. Not looking very closely at the 6,200 feet of climbing that had to be done um, or a giant lake swim like that, which if you look at that lake, it's intimidating for anybody. Yeah, because bike as far as North American bike courses and climbing, Wisconsin and Placid, Placid Wisconsin, Coeur I think it's I think it's Placid, Wisconsin, Kona, Coeur oh. uh, Louisville. So Louisville's actually got a lot of elevation. I just got to do Wisconsin now. Yeah. I'm gonna follow Wisconsin's a great race, though. It is such an amazing experience. And, like, you know, if, if you're a believer that everything happens for a reason, I couldn't be more happy that that was the one that we mm -hmm. were directed to. Because the people in that town embrace the sport. Um, the race director there is an unbelievable spirit and just loves every one of the competitors that crosses the line. Like, he just loves the sport. Yeah. And he was so nice and accommodating to us. And but you really had no clue of those hills. We had no clue what we were getting into. No, okay. no, no, no. We drove the bike course the day before, and I was so, like, laser-focused on the day that I, I'm like, these hills don't seem bad. That's what I did. My family drove me, and Coeur d'Alene was my first. Uh -huh. they, they're like, let's go drive the bike course. And I'm riding there. I'm like, this is fun. It's and fine. I look back at my mom, and her eyes are the size of saucers. And she's like, I'm going to be sick. Because yeah. she's, like, so terrified for me. Well, you got that two-mile climb on Coeur d'Alene. thinking, you know? like, what? Whatever, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. But we wanted to do it, yeah. right? Like, in Khan, I had put in all this training. We did a 10-hour training day, like, four weeks before the race. Wow. We did two hours on the bike, hour run. Or three hours on the bike, hour run. Two hours on the bike, 45-minute run. Like, back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like, stressing his body in every possible way. And stressing, you know, me physically as well. And so we just assumed we're, 
we're gonna we're gonna conquer this thing, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, was it? What happened? Tell it me. was. Um, it was. Uh, we started. We finished the end. There we go. Yeah. It was <laughs> time, which is still like amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was that was. 15 hours and 9 minutes. 15 hours time. and 9 minutes. And 24 it, seconds. It, it, 24 and 24 seconds. seconds. Yeah. But it was the other way, but then the, the, uh, the people of Wisconsin opened the door, and they, they were so hospitable and so energetic and, mm-hmm. you know, loved what we, what we did. Well, they and, loved what everybody was doing. Right. Um, but I guess, Cause how they embraced the sport was very cool to me. Yeah. Uh, especially on the bike course, and I mean every every discipline they they showed up in. Yeah. And they were. I'll never forget the swim. When we entered the swim, you had to go up a four-story hill. And everyone was... Everybody's Googling Helix right now. Yeah. What is that? So it's a circular ramp that goes up. The, so it's built you on... You have the, to go up a four-story mm-hmm. Helix stair... I'm thing. telling you right now, yeah. when you when you sign up and when you go do Wisconsin, you'll never run that fast of a four-story uh, ramp in your life. <laughs> I'll never run so, up a four-story So they ramp. say 40,000 people like spectate and come out to watch this thing. And when you go look at pictures, and I'll let Kyle tell this... When you tell the story, because I'm going to pull up a picture for, for Meredith here so she can see what it looks like. Yes. I mean, they are nine, ten deep back on it. They go behind this helix, and you, it's like you're running out, running out of the field of Detroit, you know. No, how about Atlanta, Fulton County? Can we do that? No, <laughs> no. No, because now it's Southwest Park. Uh, this is true. But, um, I mean, they lined up, and you were, you, you, had to, they cleared the middle path, but they were lined up. And so as we were going up the sewers, they would just touch me. Yeah. Every person touched me. It was like 40,000 of the most lovable people that yeah. day. They were all that sewers. And I don't want They just absorbed that energy. Right, like every right. touch was like, yeah. Yeah, the adrenaline would get flowing so fast. Yeah. And we got out that he was so quick that day. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe me, Wisconsin. <laughs> when are we doing it? Let's do it together. <laughs> You're like, no. I remember those hills still. So how do you get from the water to transition? It depends on the race. So, like, we, you know, we're just like everybody else. We show up and we scout it all out. So what we figured out is we would, we would take one of the – so we would take that adult jogger that we talked about. We had at this point, we had a bunch of them for the foundation, but so we would position all the run chair, the race chair and the bike up in transition. And then Curtis was actually going to be with us. Mm -hmm. And along with a friend of ours, Michael, and we were going to run the four of us up the top of this helix. And the plan was me and Michael and Kyle would run into the transition area and change, change me. And if Kyle needed dry clothes, we had stuff there for him. Um, Sunscreen, Glasses, hat, all the stuff we need. Helmet. Form this we time. have learned. We learn. See, we keep learning. Um, and Curtis would sprint to the bike and get it set up for Kyle, like okay. ready so that if Kyle came out there. It was going to be like a NASCAR pit crew. Pick right. him up, put him on the bike. Um, I never. See the plan Curtis was actually for Curtis. Curtis has never run that fast, but the plan was for actually. I remember 
to have Curtis push Kyle up. But as Kyle said, it was so exciting. I ended up grabbing the chair in my excitement. And, you know, the hair, as Kyle said, the hair in the back of your neck starts yeah. to stand up. And, I mean, I just kept getting faster and faster. It's probably the fastest I ran all day. Because yeah. Yeah. it really, it was, it, 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 it's one of the most special parts of the day for me. Yeah. And watching people just kind of reach out. And I'm sure they were high-fiving everybody when they came by or whatever. But watching yeah. them reach out and touch my brother, which was like, it was that moment of running onto the Georgia Dome. And it was that moment of like, this is greatness. This is amazing what's happening in front of me. And I just want to be a part of that yeah. for just a split second. But then we had to go do the bike. And then we had to go do <laughs> the bike. But <laughs> Reality. Um, and the bike was awesome. It was just amazing. The, 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 the views and, you know... It was like you were you were in nature's backyard the whole time. Yes, the, the, the hills and all the cows and um, yes, everything we get so. All the cows, you're like, thank you for all this wonderful cheese. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, That's but an it, awesome like that photo. was fun. You guys that was that to me, so I can post it. That was just like such a fun experience together. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be able to be out there like that yeah. and. It was just at that point, it was just two brothers, you know, and just like we were hanging out for for eight hours and fifty eight minutes yes. um, on that bike course. And I, I love the one picture of you guys, which you know I'm talking about. I guess when you're coming, it's obviously a part or mm-hmm. like the Tour de France style, where yeah. everyone is crowded and around mm-hmm. you guys. That photo is so awesome. And what mile? That was toward the end, right? So the first, it 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 it, it hits you at like mile. Th- 35-ish as you're kind of coming. So there's, they call them the three sisters. So there's okay. three big hills and Old Salk is one of the worst ones. Okay. Um, I think the one after that is even harder because you go under a bridge and there's no well, fans. all bad things coming through. <laughs> like, that's a theme in this race. Uh, absolutely. Like, you know? yeah. So they bust people. I mean, they so all these 40,000 people, they bust them out to the bike course mm-hmm. or not a, a huge chunk really? of people are out there. So you come up this hill on Old Salk and the crowd literally passed parts in front of you. So imagine people coming through on tri-bikes they got to make a little bit of room, but mm-hmm. we come through on a tricycle. They're like, whoa, room. Make room. And, you know, Kyle and I always remember there's this guy, like, beating on a drum. And he, you know, of course, we're going two and a half miles per hour up mm-hmm. this hill. And, you know, I can barely hold my head up. My legs are churning as fast as I can. And Kyle's beating the drum with his voice and telling me to go and, you know, come on, we can do this. I can still hear that drum in my ear right now. Yeah. But, you know, this guy, like, followed us all the way up. And he's like, I'm going to see you guys again. You're going to finish this. You know, you remember that. Right. When you do something, whatever it is, an Ironman, a 5K, you you know, something that's bigger than you, you remember those moments Mm -hmm. that happen. And that was one of those moments that day. The swim, people touching Kyle and just wanting to be a part of it. It's like in slow motion when you remember. It is. I remember that better than any part of the swim. And I remember that hill on the bike better than any part of the bike course. Was there ever any doubt in your mind you were going to finish? So the so to to complete the loop as we come around and we got to do that those hills a second time, most of the people at that point had gravitated towards the run course because the run was happening. We were, right. we're out there for a long time, and that guy on the drum waited for us. And we he came did. to the hill. and He goes, "I've been waiting for you guys. Yes, we're getting up this hill together." And oh, he starts awesome. beating the drum again. And Kyle's chanting at me. Our coach. Do you know who he is? No, I, I wish okay. I wish. Maybe we're he's a listener. <laughs> we're looking for the man who beat the I remember. I remember. Uh, he's in the picture. You can see him. But um, our coach, Matthew, was out there. Mm-hmm. And he waited for us on that hill. And, you know, he was a huge part of helping us get ready, just both right. mentally and physically. Um, you know, he was big in making sure Kyle was prepared for this. And he walked right next to us up that hill and got us to the top of that hill just like everybody else. 
and I don't remember, I said, will we go to the top of the hill? I said, hey, bud, are we going to make it? Because I was aware, we were both aware of that 530. The bike was always going to be an equalizer. Like, the last race we had done that gave us a measuring stick was four hours and 45 minutes. It's like, we, in our heads, we, we can do Florida State or not, we can do some math. And we, we knew it was going to be tight. And so Kyle asked, you know, hey, hey, bud, can we make it? I'm like, yeah. Same thing I said in 2010 when he said, can people in wheelchairs do an Ironman? I just gave him the same answer our parents gave us growing up. Like, yes. You know, yeah. that, there's not like, we don't want to have the negative words in our vocabulary. Yeah, but can. I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, man, this is going to be close. And we turn. So the, the Wisconsin bike course is 16 miles out then a loop of, you know, 35 or so, and then another, and then at the end, you do the loop twice, and then you've got the last 16 miles. We did a couple of miles, and you make this kind of left-hand turn, and you're starting to work your way back to this helix again, and a headwind hits us. So in my head, at that point before the headwind, the math was good, and then Mm -hmm. the headwind hits, and the math, the math starts to suck. And, um, so now we're, now we're worried, you know, now we're slowing down. We can only push through the wind as best we can. Right. But you know, now Kyle's beating the drum harder and Kyle's barking orders and screaming and pushing me with everything he's got. And you can hear the fatigue in his voice now too. He's tired. He's been in the saddle for almost nine hours and we come back to that helix and it's empty now. They're all on the run course. Yeah. So it, there's always like I, I experienced that in Lake Placid. Yeah. Because they have the three bears. Yeah. Like the three whatever yep. sisters you said. And the first time it's Tour de France, even for someone going my pace. Mm-hmm. But the second loop, um, there's no one. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, where'd they all go? Yeah. <laughs> all I need the, I needed you. Where were you? Um so we come back to that helix and we're coming up that helix like two miles an hour, so slow. And we get to the top and there's a line of volunteers. And they start doing the golf clap, you know. The slow golf clap. The slow clap. golf clap. And Kyle's head drops and we're like, Oh, man. It wasn't meant to be. And they said, congratulations, you made it by two minutes. Oh. So then it was minutes. like, awesome, okay, we did it. It was like a good golf clap. It was clap. a good golf like, clap. Snap. <laughs> well, I think it was just like a, the volunteers at all these races, you know, like they're yeah. unbelievable because they just, they want to take care of you. Two and minutes. Do you look back on that and think, I had to pee at mile whatever. I'm glad I didn't stop. Or there was no, we did not stop for anything. The only thing we stopped for was special needs. I had baked potatoes and aluminum foil. So what was your bike pace then? 12.1 miles per hour. Lord have mercy. Yeah. But now comes the run. 12.1 or 12.4. I don't know what it, it was. It was 12 something. There was a 12 in front of it. And then you're like, and this happens to everybody. Now we're in the changing tent. And we're like, we got to run a marathon. You're doing the math, yeah. No, it's not even the math. Like, I think at that point we knew. Well, I think know, that's the only way to do Ironman, though. You have to go. We have I'm six swimming. and a half hours now. I'm swimming. I'm yeah. biking. In the, but, yeah, when you get to the changing tent, you're like, oh, man. I've got a marathon now to gotta, go. Now i got to run. And it's, you know, six and a half hours seems like a long time. But with two people on a, on a long day, it's a hard still a hard ask. Yeah. You know, it's not a, it, it doesn't. And you did it in five something. Yeah, four something. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to give you the yeah. slow golf clap on that. <laughs> um, oh, snap. But, you know, again, I think at that point it became like this celebration of everything, um, of a, of, of a lifetime, you know, yeah. of, of like, of constantly saying yes, of constantly like, how do we get there? Like, how do we, how do we do this? And you already mentioned Mike Riley, but everybody who does Ironman 
learns of Mike Riley at some point. He's right. the iconic voice. He he has a voice built for this, you know. Mm-hmm. And you want to hear him say those words. And so Kyle knew what they were. Matthew had told us all week to visualize to visualize the shoot. Like no matter what picture what? that you're going to get there, Absolutely. see the shoot. And you know they've got the red carpet at Iron Man, yeah. and you know we hit that shoot and you know, everything got loud and yeah. everything got amazing and the lights were bright and the music's blaring and all of a sudden Mike Riley's voice booms out, you know, Brent and Kyle, you are an Iron Man. And it's like, awesome. that was, awesome. that was it. Gives it. Me chills. But it, it, like, it still gives me oh, chills. Yeah. You can't take yeah. away your no, first. I mean, no. you know, we've continued to do this and we hope to be able to do this for a long time, but that one, you can't take that away from us. No. And that one, we can't change that moment any, any, and we can't make it any better. Yeah. That was awesome. It was. 15 it, hours yeah. and 9 minutes and 24 seconds for something that nobody can ever take away yeah. from Kyle. Yeah. It was, yeah. Something that they can't take away from the both of us. It's, it's amazing. You get getting goosebumps. Get, yes, I need to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, get remembering everything. Get, it was a great day. So in that moment, you basically defined a new possible. And you did it for yourself, but you did it for... For... How many people? I mean... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was... And was that when the foundation was born after that, or were you no, guys doing it before? No, uh, The foundation started shortly after St. Anthony's. St. Anthony's, okay. Um, I, I had uh, um. Another aha moment on the red carpet of say AIDS and um, I wanted to get other people involved, other disabled individuals involved because I wanted them to share the same opportunity that my family gave to me. Right. And so I was like, let's get friends involved. And you were like, all you kids who play wheelchair soccer, you don't know what you're missing. Come on, come on. Well, I mean, because you guys. And look, those things are still, it. like, those sports are still awesome. And, like, I. No, I no, no. I know, you know, I know. I'm not trying to discount that, but you were saying that Kyle wanted more. He wanted more. And, and so it's, it, like, it's to spread it. You know, yeah. people that 5K is a big accomplishment. Right. And we know, we both know people that, like, I need to do Epic Five. <laughs> yes, you we might, know her. Yeah, we know her. Um, <laughs> Crazy, absolutely crazy. <laughs> I just saw her. Love Danny, but it's important. We ain't doing Epic Five. Yeah. I don't even know how you would ship the bike from island to island. But anyways, continue. Well, there's Ultraman, though. Dun, 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 dun. We, we, we've, we've looked at the website yeah. a couple of times. Well, you know, if you do Ultraman, I have to be there because yeah. I go wherever you go. Yeah, that so would there be you go. really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys not do Ultraman, so <laughs> I don't have to do Ultraman. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, so finish what you were saying, bud. Um, what was I say? Uh, yes, so we um, we started the Coyotes Foundation, which promotes um, which promotes disabled individuals. Wait, I throw is it into all? Improves. It, it improves the lives of disabled individuals through the endurance sport community. Okay. Um, and that's Kyle Peace Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your thing is together we wheel. Yes. We're big on puns. You're kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> we have where there's a wheel, there's a way. We, we think we're funny, and we are we funny. Are funny. 
Uh, yeah, the together we wheel, give them out. Where there's a wheel, there's a way. Where there's a wheel, there's a way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's amazing at how far we have come and how far we still need to go. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like the movie Feel, Feel the Dreams. If you build it, they will come and we are finally see some amazing numbers coming. Yeah. Um, for a while, we were just sit in a boardroom and say, how can we get somebody? Yeah. And now we now we have one and we were so excited back back in like two thousand twelve when we got our first two athletes and now this past March we did the public half marathon with forty two. Forty two athletes. Forty two wheelchairs. That is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I saw the picture. I was like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. We have our own corral now. Man. Do you? Mm-hmm. And we that's have, so cool. Mm-hmm. And we have over we had over 200 volunteers. Mm-hmm. And we would love for you to come out. Dude, you can't like day. put a wheelchair uh, in front of me. I'm yeah. already too slow. No, absolutely. You gotta give me someone yeah. very you know, small. Look, but that's one of the things that like, we'll, we'll hear a lot from people that want to yeah. volunteer. Yeah. It's like, well, I think I'm too slow because you guys are so fast. Yeah. But if you look at like the group of 42, we had people that finished yeah. in three hours. We had people that finished in an hour okay, 30. Okay, so I'm doing that next year. I you absolutely said I would should. never do Publix because it, yeah, it would be so we, painful. But It is. But <laughs> if I do it for like, you know... Get outside of myself and go do it for something. It's hard to it exp- it's hard to explain, but like, yeah. and we have like now that our group has grown. So did, look, this was Kyle's brainchild. Like, you know, when he finished, it's still is. Saint Saint Anthony's. Yeah. He did you said say it still is. Your yeah. It is. It okay. absolutely is. You know, Kyle has a huge heart, and Kyle has always put other people in front of himself. And it's Kyle amazing, likes to win. And, and Kyle likes to win. And how do we make that? Well, it's both. He's he 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 rides both sides of the fence very well, but he. He finished St. Anthony's, and we may or may not have popped a bottle of champagne for him. And But he immediately said, like right there in, in St. Petersburg, Florida, I want other people to do this too. Mm-hmm. And we had our very first meeting that May, you know, of like, how do we do this? And by June, we had an IRS approval letter in our hands, yeah. you know, for 501c3 status. And by, you know, March of 2012, it felt like an eternity to us, but it was only nine months, yeah. and we met our first family that wanted to do this. Very Our marketing plan in those days was to just show up at races. And we actually, I love this story. We, this mom, Amy Vincent, came walking over to us and said, I have a son who's in a wheelchair and I've been looking for something like this. Can you guys tell me how you do it? And we're like, we can do more than that. Yeah. We uh-huh. have been looking for somebody like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that made your family get their hearts are so big. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they... Still, Amy does the races. She does the Publix now. every year. Okay. So yeah. she was our first, and she's now the longest person. But so, you know, you should absolutely do it because it doesn't matter. We, you know, we've learned there are certain athletes that want to be competitive. They want to chase Kyle down the road. or um, and we've <laughs> I been, will not be chasing you. But, th- but it's a fun experience. You could do it with your, you know, you can do it with your husband, or you can do it with some of the folks that you I will train with. I will commit to that. Oh, there you go. You need to remind me. Hey, hey, you know, man, it's one of the coolest things. For me, since we started the Kyle Beans Foundation, is to see the benefit that the volunteers get mm-hmm. and how it can get their lives. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say the volunteers, you mean like the folks? The pushers. The, the pushers. Push. 
We haven't come. We you know. Right. It, it, we need to come up with a name. For well, we we you know it's funny because we talk about that a lot. Since you're funny, <laughs> we call them. Um, but you know the interesting thing is you talk about like inclusion. Inclusion is a big buzzword for us with the foundation. Right. We want to be, we want an inclusive opportunity for these kids and adults that race with us. But one of the things that Kyle was big on in the early days was he didn't want he didn't want somebody to call him the angel when he just wanted to be an athlete like everybody else. So we usually call Kyle the athlete, right? And then we have like a push volunteer pushing him, right? And so and that was important to us. And in those days, but now it's gotten so big, like we need to help people differentiate between like what's happening, Um, whether you're a, you know, a wheeler or whatever, a a wearer. I don't know. So there's not confusion on who's who? No, I can think it's it's amazing. And I've said this from day one. One of the coolest things for me besides hearing some of the volunteer story is see our in-care athletes. And their smile when they cross the finish line. Yeah. Yes, we have a making. Yes, we have a vision for the foundation. But to see them experience something that they never have experienced before, it cross that finish line with a smile, and then they say, "Where's the next one?" Yeah, immediately, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's cool. It, it's it's it's. Awesome. It's hard work. Yeah. But hard work pays off. And hard work matters. Mm-hmm. Yes. If it's hard, you should do it. I yes. agree. The harder, the more important. Yes. I agree. You're awesome. I agree. Okay, so tell us, um, we'll put up in the show notes about the foundation and how we can get involved. I think we're going to have to. So you can go to the website and you can sign up to be a volunteer. We have a, we have a list. The serve. website is kylepeacefoundation.com.org. Or, 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 or. Sorry, yeah. sorry. We're at .org. We're at .org. Okay. And on social media is Walking with KP. Right? At Walking with KP. KP. Yeah. There wasn't enough room for Twitter for KP. I know. I can't. What's with like. And you can't like us? Because we're a lot cooler online. You can like us or you can not like us. Yeah. Yeah. So you can keep up with all of our lazy activities and updates on our social media channels. Okay. Um, You can volunteer to be a part of the team. Well, I think that we need to do a smash up with Swim Mike Mom and Mm -hmm. the foundation for Next Publix. How about that? I think that's a great idea. We will get pushers. What are we going to call them? We'll, we'll have a put name by next March. That. We'll put that on your <laughs> yeah. to-do list. Yeah. Okay, so one, um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about about the foundation before? I have my final. I actually have two more questions. Um, no, I, look, I, th- I think, I don't think either of us knew what the foundation could, could be. be. Yeah. I think we had a vision and we knew we wanted to help people, but what it has become is something much bigger than us. And while there's mm-hmm. larger goals for us or bigger goals that Kyle and I continue to pursue personally because we got into this together and we continue to do this together, when you can go to a race and stand there with 200-plus people and every one of them has their own story of what brought them there mm. and to watch all of them cross that f- same finish line. And remember the baseball story. This isn't baseball on Sunday afternoon from 1 to 1.30 when the park's available. This is 6.50 in the morning, Centennial Olympic Park, 13.1 miles, go. And every single one of them hit that finish line and every single one of them had a different smile, but they were all smiling. And you sit there and you're like, and it's not even a, I did this or we, it's just like, 
it's a different we did it. It's like this is what we did. But I mean, yeah. it, it that's why together more. we wheel is such a good one because yes. it's like we did, we will, we wheeled. Like yeah. we we all did this. Yeah. And there's that kind of bond. It's that unspoken bond that happens at these things. You know, like yeah. at the end of Coeur d'Alene, the person you were standing next to, it didn't matter if it was their 50th or their first, they were patting you on the back just mm-hmm. as strongly as you were patting them. Yeah. And and it was the same. And one of the things I love racing about Kyle, whether it was Wisconsin or Florida or a local 5K, there's always that same kind of acknowledgement of like, hey, you were working pretty hard. He's like, yeah, you were too. Yeah. And that was awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, I can't say anything. I can't talk that. So one, this podcast is called the same 24 hours mm-hmm. podcast and it's born from the idea that we all have the same 24 hours in our day. It's just a matter of how we choose to spend those hours that makes a difference in our lives and in the lives of others. So if you had one thing to say that makes your 24 hours different, um, that makes a difference, what would it be every day? I did each other. Each other? That we have each other yeah. so that we can appreciate one another. We can have the brotherly moments together. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. And that we have a family with the foundation. Mm-hmm. And they are just as part, part of our... They are part of our story, too. Mm-hmm. And we're part of their story. And that is so... Amazing to say that, to feel that, and it's awesome. That sense of family. I, no, I think that's, I think Kyle nailed it, that it's, it is a sense of togetherness, and that, you know, being at the back of a race course by yourself can be a very tough, lonely, mental experience, but to have somebody there along with you yeah. to make those 20 minutes or 24 hours better can make all the difference and so Mm -hmm. that can be anybody and for me and for Kyle we use each other for those moments I know I'm kind of (laughs) jealous you have a race friend well Uh, we do have a race friend at Publix next year we'll give you a race friend friend. we'll give you a race friend you're gonna love your race friend you're gonna love your race friend do you already have my race friend picked out I bet Kyle does I bet I do do (laughs) yeah we'll have to talk about that offline that's kind of exciting see now you're getting but this is how it starts and it's because um, I, I would like to have a race friend. It, it does. It, but you I'm know, not doing Iron Man with a friend. No offense. No, I understand. But like, there's something that got you through those last six miles. You know, I remember reading the last seventy miles. No, but I remember you know reading about <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know some, where your some of your struggles were on the run at Coeur d'Alene, mm-hmm. and there's things that got you through it. Maybe it was the image of your kids, or maybe it was your husband, or maybe it was your mom that was there. There's things that we all use. Yeah. Like when the alarm's going off in the morning and you don't want to get up. When I mean, the- you're so right. It's it's the people that support you. I mean, on the back half of Lake Placid, um, someone came up to me and she was a volunteer and she was like, "You are so inspiring," and I just burst into tears. I was like, "I am not inspiring. <laughs> I'm a quitter. I can't do this." And I'm like, "I'm sorry. I'm crying." But like this person who'd followed my blog for years saw me like at my worst. Like yeah. I literally was losing it, and she was there. Like, God put her right there at that time to... It makes a difference. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times, Colin, I've tried to quit races. And and those moments happen to all of us. And and maybe the tough moments, like getting through those, are what make the race experience or make your days better. Like, anybody can get through 
the easy stuff. Anybody can get through the great moments. Mm-hmm. I, I, Kyle and I are learning how to appreciate those because they go away. Yeah. And, but when you're in the valley and you're trying to figure out how to dig your way out, there's things that can help you do that, whether well, it's in a race you, or life or anywhere. Like, And then when you look back on it, you're so glad you didn't quit. In the moment, you're like, I'm going to die and I can't do this. But Look, if, if I heard the word quit so many times in my life, I could have thrown in the towel a while ago. Yeah. And But why? What is that going to show people? Why not keep going? Why not keep pursuing what you love? And if you don't love it, that's where you can quit. Because why do something and you're not having fun? Because the moment that I don't have fun with this sport and the moment that I walk away. But for now, I'm loving it. So why not do more? <laughs> more to live more. by. More. Speaking of more. Yeah. Um, why in the world are have we not seen you at Kona? Why mm. are you not on that broadcast? <laughs> we keep trying. We keep trying. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the right answer. Um, right now, the only path for us is the lottery. The Kona, so Kona, guys, is the Ironman World Championships. It's the one that's in Kona, Hawaii. It's the creme de la creme. And I'm asking why they're not there. Uh, everybody that does Ironman knows what Kona, what the World Championships are, because it's for some of us, we watch the broadcast in November or December when they air it, and you see that inspirational person, or you see the pro that wins, and you go, I want to do that. That seems... You see the pro finish in eight hours, and you see the everyday mom, dad, brother finish in 16 hours and 59 minutes in 59 seconds, and you go, I can do that too. Yeah. Um, and so once Kyle and I started doing this, of course, we said we should do that. Um, and we keep trying to see if there is another outlet, and unless anybody knows Ellen DeGeneres, you know. Um, oh, if you know Ellen, please I'm send with us you. an email. Like, We're all going to <laughs> no, Ellen. but I mean, I, I think we, you know. Everybody has a story that brought them into this. You have a, a wonderful following that reads your blog, that finds you at Lake Placid. You know, everybody everybody has something that's brought them into this sport, whether it was a disabled brother or a mom with cancer or just a desire to be fit and live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and sometimes that's what keeps you going. Um, we think that our story certainly is compelling enough to be shared or that should have that opportunity Absolutely. Um, but right now we just can't. We, we don't have a way to qualify, and so we need we need friends or we need our name to be pulled out of the magic hat. I mean, I can't imagine what that would do for someone, you know, seeing the broadcast, cracking their beer and shoving their pizza in their face who thinks they can't start an exercise routine to see you guys on the broadcast. Like, I, you're, you're the epitome of no excuses. Uh, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> uh, I also think when the moment is right, the moment is right. Um, so whatever that looks like, it will happen. But you guys are so good looking. <laughs> like we've already covered. Well, that. we yeah no we'll you know we'll 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 play the cards we get you know so we'll look well, we're gonna I would keep like we're to gonna see keep you there. no we appreciate that and we appreciate everybody. Cares what I think. No, but it, it it matters to us. It feels yeah. good that you know we have the support of our friends and our family and people that look at what we do and. You know, I mean, there's a bigger story here. There's a bigger impact than just you guys going to race. Mm-hmm. This is a huge impact on 
million, potentially millions. And I think that's one of the reasons too that it doesn't keep us up every night, you know, because there is the time will come. There's there's something bigger than all of this, and Mm -hmm. so Walcona is absolutely a personal goal of ours, and we absolutely. I mean, you can read Brad Culp's article in Lava Magazine, Brothers in Iron. I mean, we talk about it extensively in there, you know, that it absolutely is something that we visualize that shoot more than any. But, you know, we have, we're still able to do this. We're still, like, we've done two Ironmans, we've done five halves, we've done two marathons. You know, we have this endless ability so far, or today still, to be able to compete and compete together. Um, and so we keep the faith that there's going to be an opportunity one day to, you know, come running down Ali'i Drive uh, or to stand in Digby Beach. I mean, I already know when we go to the beach, you know, the first thing I want to do is take Kyle into the water, you know, and, and let him just feel all of that. And you know, they talk about the island gods and the spirits of yes. Kona. I think, like, that speaks to us. Like, we are drawn to that. Mm-hmm. There's an energy in this sport that is hard to explain until you experience it. And well, so we will send the energy the, was the energy is, I guess the genesis of it is in Kona, Hawaii. We'll send all the podcast listener energy toward the May lottery. Yeah. When is that? That's like a month. May fifteenth. Okay, May fifteenth, everyone. Yeah. Cross them all. Yeah. Out for the put your lucky lucky things all in yeah. a row for us. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah, thank taking you. time. This was really fun. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, everybody could listen to our rambling for an yeah. hour. Yeah. Oh, hour and change. Fun. It was fun. All right, well, I'll post everything up in the links and the Kyle Peace Foundation. Check it out. And um, if you're not following these guys, you need to because they're doing good work. And just remember, next March, Swim Bike Mom, That's Meredith right. Atwood, will be. We are doing. She's going to be pushing somebody. Hey, pushing. Kyle, your eyes are yeah. twinkling. Do you have like one problem, one no, you want to just no, saddle me with? I, I don't know. <laughs> Meredith, fun, Meredith, I, I know her as Swim Bike Mom. And uh, every time I see her, that's why I call her. So, <laughs> listen to the podcast, and uh, she's doing great work as well. Oh, thank you. I was trying, when I was um, talked about getting you guys on the show, I was trying to remember how we met. And I thought, you know what? I think it was like, I know you, you know me, we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, Well, we you were an online personality. So, um, you know, when I did my first, so I was in construction and real estate, and 2008 happened. I actually survived all the way to 2009, but then there was like nothing left for me to do work-wise. And right. um, all joking about Florida State, I had a political science degree from Florida State. So I wasn't an engineer. I wasn't an architect. And they were the ones getting the jobs. And so I was parking cars at night. I was managing bank foreclosed properties. I was just doing whatever I could to pay my bills. And at the same time, I'm training for an Ironman. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm doing that, I'm like, you know, I could. what if I could just do this? Like I've... I never had a real summer. I, my summer job was coaching swimming. That's what I did. Right. I didn't do internships. Like I just, so I was like, man, you know, maybe I could do this. So in 2013, an opportunity opened up at all three sports um, for a brand development or brand director, whatever they were calling that's it at the time. Right. That's how so did. I jumped into all three uh, and it was, was not enough money. So I called Matthew and I've always loved coaching. I've always wanted to be a coach. So I called Matthew at Dynamo and, He's always been big on his coaches being full-time industry professionals because everybody's a coach. With mm-hmm. sincere apologies to everybody that's a coach, but real, I mean, really, like everybody is a triathlon. The umpires and the coaches. We well, no, here. <laughs> but everybody, like if you think about it, everybody's no, a triathlon coach, now. and it's yeah. it's not rocket surgery. It's not like this. What is rocket surgery? <laughs> <laughs> My boss at all three used to say that. I love that. Um, so I called him and I said, "Look, I I know I've said to you before I want to coach, but I'm telling you, like this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be a coach." 
and I have a way I can do it now. And he said, okay, um, um, let's do it. You know, let's come sit down with me and we'll talk about it. We'll see if this will really work. And so he brought me on to coach under Dynamo Multisport. And then I took the job at all three. And so the first thing they did, they're like, here's all the people we help. And you were on the list. And I remember reaching out to you about getting more books from you. I think we were out of your book. Yeah. And then you said, Andy Potts. And I'm like, what? Well, we were trying to think of like, and you have, you do, you have a great online presence. People follow you. People read your blog. People listen. Um, And I know sometimes that's hard to hear or hard to embrace, but like, it is. People are inspired by you, and that's okay. Like, that's a good thing. I'm crawling under the table here. No, but you get, your personality gets like, go for it. Like, I love it. We do have a similar personality in that regard. Yeah, because you're very. (laughs) We're just going to do things. You're very, you're very positive. Look. We were talking about, you have a story too. Mm-hmm. You have a very inspiring story. People are drawn to it. Yes. I think because they see, uh, the thing about my story is people just see themselves in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're Absolutely. Like, oh. And we hear it all the time too, where people are like, man, I, you know, my brother and I loved each other like that. Like we, yeah. you know, or I wish that I had that, I'm going to call my brother today or whatever. And like, you know, people are drawn to whatever the part is they mm-hmm. want to hear. There's some people that see us and they go, whatever. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's We're okay. not for everyone. Not but, everyone's going to like us. Yeah. So, you know, Andy Potts was a sponsored athlete of all three sports at the time. And part of his agreement was to come to an event. And we were like, let's do this thing and let's get you. So when I did Coeur d'Alene, that year, that was at the that end of June, I started, uh, he won that year, but I started at all three June 1. So my first day on the job was June 1. Mm-hmm. And then I said, by the way, at the end of the month, I need a vacation. <laughs> um, they're like, sure, you're just not going to get paid. Um, I was looking at um, corner finishers yesterday. Yeah. And they all have their own Wikipedia pages. Oh, you need your own wiki. You've got your own wiki page, don't you? No. 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 All right, we're going to work on that. Who can get Kyle a wiki page? No. (laughs) I think you can create your own, right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, I looked at Andy Andy Potts' website, and um, he's a pretty well-known guy. Yeah. He's a good ambassador. He is. Yes. I about passed out when you asked me to come and MC that. Well, event. but I was like, but that that <laughs> event was fantastic. It was fun. And you were the right person. Um, oh, thanks. It was fun. We had two. We had Hillary's event later that year, and Jerry did an awesome job with yeah. her. He was fun. Like, they was awesome. Um, I love Jerry. Um, but yeah, so like that was, I think, kind of how that. But yeah. I think you're right. It was kind of like, well, I've seen you online, so like that's We're how I became right. friends with Danny. I yeah. was like, Danny, I follow you on Twitter, and she's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. What's Twitter? So let's all follow everyone on social media and I'll be friends. Perfect. Going for it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining. It was very fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye.